Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome, one and all, to the Storybox podcast, the place to be if you are a lover of stories. My name is Jay Phantom, former real estate agent now, living my purpose, sharing amazing stories from people all over the world. I'm grateful that you're here today. Now let's journey into the story box together and hear more about whose story will be unboxed today. We need more leaders to stand up for what they believe in, for what is right. And my next guest for you guys today is none other than the Leaders Great Leaders founder, Gerard Adams. He is a true thought leader for millennial entrepreneurs. He's grounded, humble, real, and engaging. He's walked the walk and he, he also talks the talk as well. He started from the bottom and climbed to staggering success at such a young age. He's an inspiring and honest individual and he talks about what it takes to succeed as an entrepreneur hint it's not easy gerard has spoken globally on results driven practices authentic experiences and modern approach to mindset confidence content marketing social media millennials in the workforce raising capital and scaling a business to acquisition he is an encouraging voice for other millennials to follow their own path and realize their own potential, which is something that I relate to so much and with what I'm trying to do with the story box. Gerard has a fresh perspective and humble integrity, leaving audience excited about the possibilities and being confident in their potential and prepared to become change makers in the world uh, Gerard Adams is the uh, creator of Leaders Create Leaders. He has spoken with many, many amazing individuals, Tony Robbins being just one of them. He has been featured in many magazines like Entrepreneur Magazine, Forbes, Fiverr, uh, TEDx, uh, Inc. Magazine, Harvard University, and his, his clients are absolutely staggering, South by Southwest. Um, you've got Sprint, you've got Johnny Walker, uh, Draper University, so many more. This is an amazing conversation between Gerard and I. We get vulnerable, we get deep into some amazing topics and he shares some pretty incredible stories just being real. So I know you guys are going to get a lot out of it. So before we dive into the story box and hear his story, I do have a huge favor to ask of you. If you do get something from Gerard's story today, if you do like this conversation, Please share it around to somebody that you know might benefit from hearing his story. 
I guarantee you, you all are going to get something from it. But if you want to be a change maker, if you want to be a positive leader, then please share this episode around uh, to all your friends and family members. If you also spend 30 seconds, please, it'd be a huge help to me uh, and building this community to leave a positive five-star rating and review over on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of this episode. So... And that being said, my friends, I'm going to be quiet now because it's time to dive into the story box and hear Gerard Adams' amazing story. It's a pleasure to be here, Jay, and uh, I, I'm excited to go deep with you and to connect with your audience. So thank you for joining us today and listening in. Dude, I can't wait. It's, uh, I've been looking forward to this conversation for quite some time now. Before we dive into your backstory, how you got started in all this and why you do what you do. I have one question that I love asking people to start off with, and that is, Gerard, you've had all this success over the years. You've been able to mentor a lot of people. And I'm curious, what does success look like to you? Success for me is I'm at a point now where, you know, my purpose is to serve, to contribute, and to help others, to elevate others in the form of self-mastery and business mastery. And so my success is simple. It's the success of others. It's to help others to achieve their goals, to stop settling for mediocre, to live an exceptional life and uh, to create their, their dream lifestyle and the impact that they want to create in the world um, through their brand, through their legacy, through their work. So that's, uh, it's really like seeing others succeed for me gives me the most just satisfaction, fulfillment, you know, beyond my own. I love that, man. Where did this idea of success come from for you? Has it sort of been like this gradual thing over time? You realized it or was there a catalyst moment somewhere in your life? Um, it definitely was like a, a catalyst moment. You know, I grew up someone who really like money was the motive for me. Success initially growing up was like to be rich, to have the, the mansions and the cars and the bottles and the women. And, and like, I had a totally different image of like what success really was. Um, especially growing up with, with not ever really seeing any of that, not growing up with a lot of money, not growing up having humble beginnings. Um, I had an amazing childhood, but we, we didn't have a lot of money. You know, we were, we were a middle-class family. We had said that we were poor. Uh, it's just that we didn't have, the, the lifestyle of, of wealth. And so I, I really at a young age for the majority of the first decade of my entrepreneurial career was like proving myself to my family, proving myself to the world, getting the money, becoming the first millionaire in my family, you know, at, at proving myself in the tech industry, like actually getting written up by tech crunch and mashable and having venture capitalists actually invest in me and exiting and having an an acquisition under my belt. It was a lot of these things. It was a lot of the awards. It was a lot of external validation and materialism until you really get all of those things. It doesn't need to be this way. This was just my path. It got to the point where when I did exit my company and I didn't plan on exiting and I didn't know who Gerard was. I had, I, I like didn't know my own, my own identity. And at that point, I was like, I had all the external things, but like, I didn't have relationships, relationships with like real friends, people like I didn't even have like great relationships with my family. I neglected 
all my friends, all my family members to like be the hustler, the grinding entrepreneur. You know what I mean? And I was like getting, I was getting fucked up. I was drinking a lot of alcohol, you know, getting drunk and not even knowing who I really was. Um, and I was just depressed. And, um, so there was a moment my father pushes me into the bathroom and he hands me a letter and he tells me, he tells me to read it in front of him. And my dad's never like, never done something like this before. And the letter that I read out loud to my father was like, you know, a father son bond is unbreakable. And I've, I love you. And I've seen you accomplish all the things that you set out to in your life. But I see that you're unhappy, that you lack fulfillment and that you lack love in your life. And it's time for you to start thinking about family. It's time for you to start thinking about these things in your life. Like what actually brings you happiness? And I never had, I never like really thought about that. In that moment, seeing my father, who's like this like Tony Soprano, old school, kind of like mafioso godfather type, you know, he was always this tight, the tough guy, like to, to really, to write that and make me read it to him. It was like a big moment for me. It was like, wow, like my father knows me better than anyone else. So this, this is like pretty serious that he sees this. And, and that was the shit, the beginning, like the, the, that was like the beginning of me, like finally starting to ask the deeper questions and get to the root of like, what is purpose? Why am I here? Who am I? What am I here to do? You know, what does make me happy? What brings me joy? And that was the beginning of like me just through asking these questions. It wasn't easy, but that's when the, that was the beginning of like when I started to change my definition of what success was. I started to make the shifts and like actually go within and actually start to uh, create from a, a new place, a new, a new foundation of, of values um, that I, that I created for my life and, and um, that's, that was the beginning of change of everything. Wow, man. There's a lot, lot for me to unbox there. But what, what sort of sparked my interest the most was growing up, you said you, you were brought up in a sort of middle class. You weren't rich. You weren't sort of poor, poor. Uh, what I wanted to ask you was, why did you feel the need to be quite successful, get all the money, get all the wealth, the fame and all that sort of stuff? I mean, that's a good question. I feel like that it's because like, that's what you see growing up here, especially here in America. You know what I mean? Like it's Hollywood. You see it in the movies, especially now more than ever for, for Gen Z, like it's all over social media. So like, it's just, that's what is portrayed as success in today's modern day. You know, just now, I believe our generation, I think that's why our generation is the most impactful generation, entrepreneurial uh, generation that can truly shift humanity, shift the culture, because like we are waking up, you know, you think about COVID, it's like, it is the great awakening. I did a finale of one of my episodes of Leaders Create Leaders, the show on YouTube, and my finale of season three was called the great awakening. And I think that's what's been happening, right? We're having this great, great awakening, but before, and, you know, as this great awakening is happening, and for me at 18, this is like way before consciousness was even a topic, you know what I mean? You, you know, that's all you saw was materialism. Like that's just what was, you know, portrayed. And, um, and that's what I saw. That's just what, that's to me, that's just what I saw. And, uh, yeah, you know, that's, 
basically kind of what drove me was just like seeing that in the movies, uh, having my father talk to me about like, one day you're going to be on wall street, you know, and, and like looking at, okay, wall street, right? Like, what are those guys doing? Next thing you know, you're looking at Wolf of wall street as your inspiration. Did you feel any pressure at all to succeed? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Was it from your family or was it more from you? Uh, both. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely both. Um, you know, for my family, the the pressure to succeed, you know, was really tough because it was the conventional, like their way of success was like getting, they wanted me to get into Princeton University. I don't know if you know yeah. Princeton University, but really high end. It's like a Harvard, Yale kind of school. And I wasn't your like, I wasn't your smart uh, school kid. Like I, I was a C student typically. Um, so like I, I hardly can get into what was called Caldwell College, a, a community college. So I felt like a failure from the jump because like my family wanted me to succeed by getting into this amazing Ivy League school and then going getting this amazing job out probably as a, an investment banker or Wall Street something, you know, and, or, and it's just, so for me, it was really tough. I felt like a disappointment and a failure at a very young age in my teens. And, um, so that's when it shifted from like, now I didn't meet my parents' expectations. So then, then it was like, the pressure was on me. It was like, gee, like this is on you. If you fail, when I dropped out of college, it was like, it's on you, you know, no one's going to save me. So that was when like, the pressure is on me. And then that's kind of why I ended up taking this, this, this unbelievable work ethic that was just like obsession, you know, grind till three, four in the morning to make it. Mm. I have two questions from that. This one, they both sort of follow along with each other. Do you have any regrets? And if you were to go back to when you were younger, would you change anything? What would you change? Do I have any regrets? Man, I think regret is the worst emotion to carry. Mm-hmm. That to me is the worst of it all. And that's like one thing that I just, I want everyone to realize there's one thing, you know, to take from this episode is like, you just don't want to live with regret. Um, I can honestly say I don't regret anything. I, I, I've fucked up a lot. I failed miserably so many times. I mean, I made so many mistakes, but I always tell my mentees, like, if you're not making mistakes, you're not moving forward. Mm. And I'm so grateful that at a very young age, I, I, I started to believe in myself because it was like, that was the only option. It was like, if no one else believes that I can do it, you know, we go in the Ivy league way, like it's, it's on me. Right. So I had to believe myself, bet on myself, take risk and go for it. And I, I'm so grateful that like I was fearless in that way. And I like never let failure stop me because a lot of people know me for my success, but like I got some stories that to write about one day, like the amount of failures that I've had and, and, all, and like I owe my success to those failures to like learning from those and knowing how to get back up from those, that adversity, those obstacles and keep pushing forward, keep pushing forward. And I feel like you only truly fail in life. If you give up, like you're only, you're going to have the ups and downs. That's just part of life. Ups and downs, ebbs and flows, peaks and valleys, but a great entrepreneur 
the reason why anyone can be a great entrepreneur is, is, but not everyone is, is because people give up too easily and they're not, they don't have that thick skin, that fearlessness mentality was like, you know what, I'm going to get back up and I'm going to keep pushing forward. I'm going to take another risk, but I'm going to learn from my losses. I'm going to learn from my mistakes. And you know, that for me has been like a big, big reason why I've succeeded in life. Um, so I don't regret anything. In fact, if there's only th- anything I could say that I would regret is I didn't take enough chances. I should have done more and I should have done it earlier. I should have, you know, for instance, my personal brand, if I would have known that my personal brand would have made the amount of impact it's made over these last five years, I'm like, I should have been documenting on YouTube in 2007. You know, I should have been doing it when it first came to, to came out. I should have been on Facebook earlier. I should have, you know, I should have earlier documented more instead of fearing being too perfect or fearing like judgment, fearing rejection, fearing, you know, what people thought of me, which hindered a lot of me, why I didn't, I didn't use social media for my own personal brand. So that's the only thing I can say, if I'm really being honest, like I should have taken more risk and I should have started building my personal brand earlier. I shouldn't have waited and let others to, to, um, instill these insecurities of like social media is, is not for me. It would create evil, evil eyes. Um, it's, it's betraying my mentors and business partners. It's, uh, it's for like, you know, showing off and, and not real impact. There's not real entrepreneurs on there. It's all entrepreneurs. Like I should have stopped earlier. I love that, man. I always, I've realized this year. So I've got two sayings. The first saying I, I, I want to get your thoughts on this, which is be persistent to remain consistent of the things that you want. And then my next saying from that is the one thing that I've done right the most in my life is persistently fail because then I consistently grew. And I just wanted to get your, your thoughts on that. I love that. Um, you know, for me, it's, that's where the growth is ultimately like leaning in, being persistent, being consistent, like constantly leaning into the fear and knowing that like, ultimately, if you use that as a, as a compass, like that's where your growth is. And, and like, none of us are, are perfect. Like we're all here to evolve. Like we're all always evolving. Like every day your contract is renewed by God to be able to, to, to grow and um, to learn. So, you know, for me, I, I really love that. I love the growth aspect of life. And even though growth is oftentimes very painful, it leads you to a place where you can sort of look back and say, I'm glad that I went through that pain because now that I went through it, I'm now stronger. And I always have a question that I ask. uh, I've asked a few people this. Would you rather sink or swim? Oh, swim. Why swim? Well, the interesting thing is, is like, because for me, I, I, I'm the type that like, I t- we kind of talked about like never giving up. Right. Mm. But, but I totally, you know, I totally understand that like, ultimately I understand that like our, our pain is, is where our growth really is. I just, I think I'm afraid of dr- like a drowning, you know what I mean? Like for me, I'm like, no matter what happens, no matter how tough the storm is, keep swimming man slow is steady don't worry about like don't worry about even if you have to float sometimes like 
just stay like keep breathing keep staying above water keep breathing as long as you have air in your lungs keep pushing forward i think that's the reason why i love that man i think drowning is giving up so uh, using that analogy that you were saying before is not giving up just keep pushing forward i always say i think it's better to sink not drown to sink because then i'm constantly in that relentless pursuit that persistent mindset of i want to swim but the moment I get to that swimming aspect of my life, then I'm afraid of being too proud, being too uh, above my britches. And, and what happens if I don't learn what I need to learn? So I'm always in this constant state of, okay, it's better for me to sink, but I, I'm, in, I'm in that mindset of, okay, I want to swim, but it's okay if I stay sinking for a, a long period of time because then I'm learning as much as I need to learn and then I'm growing. If that makes sense. Yeah, I, I, I hear that, but I, I feel like for me, I think we're really powerful manifestors mm. and um, I think there's nothing wrong. And I think there's something there. There's no right or wrong to this, right? It's what works for you and what works for me. But I, I will say like, for me, that, that, that wouldn't work. And, and it's only because I, I know how powerful I am as a manifester. So if I'm constantly expecting, like, you know what, just sink, Gerard, just sink. Like, it's, a, you know, it, it would be, I would be like unmotivated. I would be like, it would feel to me like I'm just kind of letting life happen to me instead of like saying, hey, you know, I play a role in this as much as, as much as like, you know, I, you know, things are going to have me sink sometimes, but I'm not going to just sit back and allow that to happen. I'm going to do everything I can in my power to swim and to know that that's okay. Like I'm never going to be, you know, you know, cause the life regardless, I think has a way of whenever we get too comfortable, like you're going to get smacked down. Like you're going underwater, right? Like it's just has life has a way of always doing that whenever we get comfortable whenever we do allow that ego to come up, it's like, it, it just happened to me recently. Like everything was flowing. I had everything growing. My businesses was taken off more than ever before deals left and right. My love life's through the roof. Family's healthy. You know, just so many things are in flow and happening. And, and the moment I got comfortable, boom, <laughs> all of a sudden, yeah. things went wrong. Things are kind of canceling on me. I had to put some fires out with my business. Like, and I'm just like, oh man. So, you know, I just think that naturally that, uh, that happens, especially if you're on this path that we're on, which is like, we're on the path of being dedicated and devoted to our growth and, and to continuing to become the best version of ourselves to serve others. And, so there's just always going to be that there's new responsibility. I always feel like God tests us and was, oh, will knock us down and will give us new challenges to see how we respond to them to know, are we, are we ready for the next level of responsibility that he has for us to access more abundance and more mm. to, to handle more of his people? Gerard, I, how has faith played a role in your life? it's everything. It's my guiding force. You know, like I feel like we're all here to be a force for good in the world to make the world a better place. Um, 
And it's, it's just like a knowing, you know, like discernment. It's just a knowing, especially since I've worked with plant medicine. It's been like beyond just like going to church when I was young and growing up in, the, in a faith-based family. But actually plant medicine was the, like the true like activator of my spirituality that allowed me to, to really build a deeper relationship with the knowing that God, the creator, is real and then is within, within us and and all around us and it's in like when you go through these type of psychedelic experiences beyond the uh woo-woo aspect or the uh, you know the aspect that you're gonna hallucinate and like you know all this stuff but like really with intention really with intention to to face your deepest fears to surrender and completely let go and to truly trust that like there's no way out it's only through and meeting with God. And, and like, I've gone through some deep, deep ceremonies where I have had to come face to face with God and Jesus um, wow. and mother Aya. And like, it's just like, I'm at a point now where like, now I'm like, Holy, like, it's so real. Like we, some of us only live in like one reality, but there's so many other realities and dimensions. And, and for me, it's just like a knowing. So now it's just, it's, it's my, every day like the thing that grounds me every morning before every meal it's like every decision i make you know has to be aligned with with my faith i i completely understand that and i i relate completely to the fact that god is real because something happened to me towards the end of 2018 i was blind for four days and there's something about being blind Wow. It really gives you a, a renewed perspective on life. I couldn't, all I could, all I could do was just be, that's when God showed up when I was blind in that four day period. And what you say is, is completely true. There is a spiritual realm to this, to this world. And I saw God and as, as crazy as that for people to, to grasp that concept, I did. And I spent time with him and it was almost like he asked me the question. He's like, so where are you going, Jay? Are you happy with your life right now? Where are you going? Like, cause at, at that point in time, I was sort of coasting in life. And I thought I was at, I was at a comfortable point, comfortable, you know, in a relationship, thought I was going well, had a okay job, you know, but that sort of worked me up to the reality of this got to be something more. And now my relationship, it's not a religion, it's a relationship now with me and God. And I can go to him because I had that experience and I never had that experience before where he, was, he just made himself present to me. And there's like been little moments in my life where it's sort of been like God's sort of redirected me here and there. And I think what you said, you, your faith is everything. It's everything to me as well. Like it's, I put my identity in Christ. He's the one that has saved me so many times and has given me everything that I need in this, in this world. Um, I appreciate you sharing that, man. Like it, it really, it really resonates with me a lot. And what I want to ask you now is um, you mentioned that you're, your love life, your relationship is, is quite strong. And, and I saw a, a post that you put up uh, not that long ago, actually, about the five love languages. 
And what I'm curious about you about the topic of love is what have you noticed? Or what has your I believe she's is she your fiance, if I'm correct? No, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm putting something out there into the future. <laughs> there you go. Um, what is your what is your girlfriend? taught you about love and what love really is? Wow. What a great question. Um, if there's one thing, man, I, I can't speak highly enough about Ashley and what she's opened up for me. Um, it's, it's selfish. Like, when you think about love, like a lot of people talk about like unconditional love, but love at the core is truly unconditional. And Ashley has taught me that our love is unconditional. And, and, and she also like really has taught me like the, the, the core of love, like also is about responsibility and, you know, really coming, coming forward into that relationship from a place of responsibility where that you love yourself so unconditionally, all of you, that, that, that you, that you're like surrender to that other person. You're willing to show up as imperfect as you are, but fully, fully as you are unconditionally and that you don't need anything, anything from them but that you choose them. Mm. I choose Ashley and that she doesn't need anything from me, but she chooses me and that it's about empowerment. And it's about, it's about coming together and being a team and a partnership and elevating each other. Um, and always coming back to that unconditional self-love and then bringing that into this relationship. And if we can come from that place, then we can get through anything. Because when we have our, because we do, when we have our arguments, when we have our, you know, our, our moments of disagreements and, and our moments of, of hurt, um, which happen because we're a young conscious couple that, that is growing. But no matter what we always say to ourselves, how can we come back to love? Like, and even when we make mistakes, we, we have this thing where it's like replaying it in her queen and replaying it in my king. So like, how can I go back and replay what just happened in my king through the lens of love and vice versa? And every single time we're growing together and like we're, we're healing so many wounds. Like it's really special because we and her were very much mirrors. We're very much like we used to be twin flames before we became soulmates. And, you know, so whenever there were these triggers that she would bring in. Oh my God, there was things she would do that would trigger the hell out of me. But really it was an opportunity for me where I got to sit and say, why did that trigger me? And where is that inside of me? And, and we've been such this powerful force because we've, we've helped each other to heal wounds that have been from past relationships that have been from our childhood together. So like we've really been able to like, just support each other through like deep, deep healing. And, um, and for me, that's love, man. That's love. That's it's, it's full acceptance. It's, it's empowerment. It's unconditional 
unconditional acceptance, love, support, empowerment. And, and, and it's not always easy. It's hard, but, but that's okay. It's, I think that's what we've realized too, is like when it it's easy, when it's easy, like it's easy to be in love and, you know, perfect, like lovely dovey when it's easy. Right. But it's when it's tough, like when, when, when that trigger happens and that other person, can you, even when you, that person does something that, that, you know, you may, you may see as like immature or, uh, or, or hurtful or, um, you know, just, just painful. Could you not react? And can you then look at it as like, it's not about you. It's them going through what they need to go through and you being there and leaning in and being there, being there for them even more. Like when it's hard, it's hard to do, but stepping in and, and, and now being even more loving and even more supportive and even more empowerment, even though they did something that's, that could be hurtful, realizing that that may not even be about you. It's something that they're going through. Can you lean in even more when they give you that attitude and you want to react like, why you gotta be, why you gotta be like, and then all of a sudden, boom, can you lean in more? That's love. Mm. Wow. <laughs> What, what would you say is your biggest fear currently, Gerard? Biggest fear? Biggest fear. I think my biggest fear is... Would it be losing Ashley? No. Um, no offense, boo. I love you. Um, it's, it's, not, it's not that, because I know if, if Ashley and I were to separate, it would be... I would only want what's best for her and and I would respect that. And I would understand that we came in each other's lives for a reason and an amazing reason. She's been this divine angel goddess in my life. So I'd be so appreciative with gratitude. Um, and I would understand that it's, that is, it was part of our path, a part of our journey. We played a big role. Um, if that would happen, it's, it's more, I think my, my, my mother, and my father, wow. like they're getting older now. And like in their seventies and I could just see them getting more emotional than ever before. It's, it's there. My dad has said things to me, like, I don't got that much time left. You know, I'm at the last kind of stages of my life. It, I, you know, you don't want to hear that, even though you know, it's true. You know, that these, your family, the people that you care about most are not going to be here forever. So it's been like, it's definitely been that a fear of like when that day comes, because you just never know that day could be today. It could be tomorrow. You don't never know. I, I, I pray every day for them that they last to like my grandfather passed away a year ago. He last, he made it to a hundred years old. Yeah. It was amazing spending time with him at a hundred years old. I was sitting with him, interviewing him. I put it out on my YouTube channel. Like, it was just like, I had this forever, like these memories with him, like getting philosophy and laughing and playing dominoes with him and eating with him. And, you know, I'm just so grateful that I was able to have those moments. I wear this necklace, um, that, that I actually, I gave to him. He's a, he's a Taurus as a bull. And, and when he passed away, I got it from my mother and now I wear it and it's so cool. And I just prayed that my mom and dad last to 120 if they can, the technology, but we just, we, there's no guarantee. So my biggest fear is the day that I have to face the truth that they're no longer here physically. And, and now my relationship with them changes to just spiritually. And I think that day is going to 
you know, break my heart more than anything. Um, cause I'm just so close. I know, I know not everybody has that. I know not everybody has a father. I know not everybody has a mother and I am blessed to have both right now, you know? So just that's, that's my biggest fear is that they, that they stay healthy. That's beautiful, man. I, I can say the same thing for me. That would have to be my biggest fear because that has been a huge part of my life, given so much to me. And I just can't imagine uh, living life the best way that I can without them. But I know that if it was to happen, then I'd need to do the work, I need to do that, go through the process, go through the hurt, and then try and figure out a way how I can, like that spiritual aspect, how I can make it so. Um, Appreciate you sharing that, man. Like a couple more questions for you, if you don't mind. I've really enjoyed this conversation. What would you say has been the worst piece of advice you've ever been given? I think the worst piece of advice I was ever given um, was like, it it really was um, being told that, that social media is and like putting myself out there putting my story out there and like building a personal brand and and using and putting myself out there on social media was like um was like a negative thing i don't remember it exactly i don't remember how it was said in the way that like it's like i remember being called like like it's for losers it's you know it's it's for it's all like a a fraud. I was, I was told that I was told it was evil eyes. And I I believe it or not, I got that a lot from the big person was my very first mentor. God bless his soul. I wouldn't be here without him. But there was just that point in time where he was like, you know, I remember we went through like a really bad breakup. My first mentor, we were close in age. And I started to, they say, don't outshine the master. Right. And he was my first like true, like master teacher. And I started becoming more successful and he started hating on me. And he was like, you're not going to, you can't do it without me. And, and we went through some deep shit. Um, and, um, I started going after my dreams. I was the worst advice was like, you, you know, don't go on social media. You're a loser. It's for losers, you know, all this stuff. And that was the worst advice because ever since I did, you know, it, it's my life has never been, has never been more free. Like I have fully let go of so many parts of me that feared what other people thought, judgments that I put on myself, expectations, trying to meet everyone else's expectations of me. And now I get to show up as Gerard Adams every day on social media, be me, share my perspectives, and I'm touching people's lives. I'm changing people's lives. I'm saving people's lives. So what, and like for me, that's, that's worth more than anything in the world. So, um, I, again, that's why I said the earlier with the regret questions, like I, I wish I just did that earlier, you know, because I realized that, that having real role models in the world matters. So I think that was the worst piece of advice was that social media is like a waste of time. Mm. Well, I appreciate you not really taking on that advice, even though you, you came later to the party um, cause it doesn't really matter what you've been able to achieve right now is, is incredible. You've helped me a lot. You've helped so many people in this leadership aspect and you've created this amazing platform. Leaders create leaders. And I think 
one of my initial conversations with, uh, I guess you could say he's a, a mentor from a distance. He, he said this to me when we're having a conversation, one of the very first podcast interviews I ever did. And I was so nervous, but he was so like calming and present. And he looked at me and he said, Jay, everybody's a leader. The choice is, are you going to be a good one or a bad one? And I'm curious from your perspective, everything that you've learned from leadership and, and all that, what makes the most effective leader in your opinion? Great question. You know, um, I love what your mentor said, because I believe that too. I believe God has really given us, the, every single one of us to be born a leader. And we have a choice of how we're going to lead. And, you know, and we are all leading. And um, for me, I feel like what I learned about leadership is like two, two things, very simple. It's all about you and it has nothing to do with you. <laughs> and those two things were like some of the best advice I've ever gotten in the sense that to be an exceptional leader, you have to realize that it's all about you. So it's all about you doing the inner work, you understanding what your core values are, what your principles are, you under, starting to understand emotional intelligence, you starting to understand masculine and feminine, the elements of energy, you understanding what makes a great leader for you, like in going internal. So it's all about you at the end of the day, but then it's not about you. It's so much bigger than you. Mm. It's, it, it has everything to do with how are you putting others, others' needs and inspiring others to be the best version of themselves, empowering other, other people around you. That's why my, my, my show and my movement is called Leaders Create Leaders. So it's about how are you creating leaders around you? How are you helping others to be leaders because it doesn't, it's not about a title. It's not about if you're the CEO of a company or not. Like every person on the team plays a leadership role to help make that mission become a reality. So I think I've learned that you have to make everyone else better. You have to put everyone else in a position to win. You have to help them and inspire them to become the best versions of themselves, to implement the routine and the rituals and the mindset and the spiritual practices to so that they can show up and be the best at their, their role and their responsibilities. Um, so I think those would be the two things I would say. That's great, man. I love that. Um, I love talking about leadership um, and the fact that it is a choice. And I think you just pretty much explained it perfectly. So I appreciate you sharing that. My, my final question for you, Gerard, because I know your time is very valuable is this is my legacy question that I always ask everybody at the end of my, my interviews. It's one of my all-time favorite questions. Uh, you've been able to reach the age of 100 and your friends have put together a film for you of everything you've ever said and everything you've ever done. Don't ask me how in the world they got it. We'll call it magic, but they just did. And they've shown it to you on your 100th birthday. What do you want that film to say and to show about your life? Wow, it's so awesome, man. What a cool question. Thank you for, I will say, you know, this interview opening up to me about your path, your journey. Um, really, it really is uh, it's cool, cool to hear a little bit about you, meet you, appreciate it. The, uh, it's cool that you asked this question because last night I watched 
the party that was thrown for Tony Robbins' 60th birthday. Yeah. And what a fucking cool part. I mean, like, holy, <laughs> holy cow. Like, this Body guy, bodies. party. I mean, any, the coolest people were there. Music, performances, speeches, just like everything. And at the very end, what was so cool is he leveraged the influence in that room to celebrate and honor him to be a force for good and raise, they raised $18 million on his birthday to help young children that have been sex trafficked and, and need help to be saved that were abandoned to be saved. And for me, he's like the epitome. He's like a godfather in the industry. Like he's been coming up a lot in my meditations recently. He was the first, his quote, success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure is my favorite quote. And going, getting front row tickets gifted to me when I sold my company, when I was depressed was like a pivotal, another pivotal moment that like inspired me to serve at a higher level. Help, he helped me in so many ways. Um, so like, it's funny you asked this question cause I just saw his birthday and I'm like, for me, it's similar. Like taking that baton that we all, that we all get to get to have at, at a certain point in our lives. And I just want to know that I've, I've met, I've given it my all and I would just want that celebration to be about like, Hey, it's not about me. It's what we do from here. And I probably would want to do something, uh, imp- uh, raising, raising donations, some, some kind of philanthropic impact, impact, uh, um, mission that we all come together on. And, and for me, it's about leadership. It's about the leaders of tomorrow. It's about how are we helping the youth? That's my big thing. I would want, I would want a message to be left behind on my hundredth birthday about like, it is about the youth. It is about helping to instill the, these principles that has taken me 35 years to learn or a hundred years at my birthday and, and being able to pass that down to someone at a very young age who doesn't have the foundation, doesn't have the parents, doesn't have the role models doesn't have the mentors, like helping the children of tomorrow so that we can save humanity so that we can make the planet healthier, happier, and create real unity and peace and love in the world. That's pretty much the same legacy that I want to leave too. Uh, for me, everything that I've been through over the years, I really have a heart and my mission is to impact the next generation of young people as well. Basically to use stories from your, your life, anybody's life to really help People be challenged, motivated in some way, inspired, and even educated, which is what you've done. You've done all three today. You've given me education, knowledge to take away. You've given me a challenge to say, hey, what can you do better? You've inspired me to become better, and you've also motivated me. You spurred me on. So, Gerard, thank you so much for everything that you do, man. You're a true inspiration. You really are. One of the people that I wish to one day meet and in person and, and just, you know, have a conversation in person. Just that's, that's always been one of my goals, you know, is connect with people that are doing so many amazing things in the world and just learn how can I become better? How can I become um, not better than you, but sort of equal and how can we help each other? And um, 
Thank you, man. Thank you for your story and, and for coming on Storybox Podcast. Where can people find you? Where can people learn about you and connect with you? Yeah, absolutely. Jay, I would love to meet you and look forward to that day. And uh, thank you for, for the acknowledgement and uh, thank you for the work that you're doing. It's important doing this work, sharing stories is really, really important. We need more role models. We need leaders. Thank you for your leadership. Um, yeah. Hit me up on Instagram, Gerard Adams. And uh, I got a new GerardAdams.com on the way at the end of October. I'm so excited. I got a new website coming out. If you haven't checked out Leaders Create Leaders, it is my show of the last five years where I've interviewed some of the greatest minds and modern day leaders of our generation, uh, many of the which that you probably have interviewed and that you uh, follow. And you can find that show. It's a very high production documentary style show on YouTube. And you can subscribe at youtube.com slash Gerard Adams TV. Um, so I would just say, check out the show. We also stream the audio on a podcast and, uh, and yeah, I would love to hear from you. So the fastest way to hear, to, to get in touch with me would be either shoot me a DM, um, and I, we can, we can connect or just shoot me an email, ga at gerardadams.com. Love it, man. I'll make sure that's all in the show notes below. Thank you so much for coming on the Storybox podcast. Thanks, Jay. I don't like this part because it means, sadly, we have come to an end of yet another incredible story. I just want to say thank you to all of you for tuning in and listening to our guest today. It is my prayer that you would have felt inspired, motivated, challenged in some way, and that you would have learned something new as well. If you'd like to hear more amazing stories like this one, you can do so now by searching up the story box on any podcast platform. It's that easy. If you did get something from our guest today, please share it around to a friend or family member that you think could benefit from hearing this powerful story. And before you go, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It will only take 30 seconds and it will go towards reaching more people. Let's start changing lives through powerful stories like this one. Your support is greatly appreciated. Until next time, when we dive back into the story box, I'm Jay Fansom, and don't forget, your story is worth more than you know. I'll catch you next time. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.